You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's the JT The Brick Show. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Now he leans towards the line, gets the snap. Raiders bring a blitz. He takes up off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby with the sack as he races over to the far sideline. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown and now, here's J.D. the Brick. Out of the gate, J.T. with you. Jared in studio today. Bobby's out today running errands. As we begin today on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black, 920 a.m. on your radio dial, as we like to say. Do you still have a radio? Or are you streaming everything on the Raiders mobile app, which you should be doing because it's the greatest mobile app I've ever seen? It is. It's the best mobile app. I got my season tickets there. I got the radio station there. I have every podcast that's in there, if I host it or not. Pictures, photos, my parking pass for the Raider game, whatever it is, it's in my Raiders mobile app. Download it for free, and uh, you can get right inside the Raider Nation. I love that app because everybody's freaking out now about radio. Everybody worried is radio. You know, people now stop me. JT, do you do a radio show? Yeah, I do. I do several a day. But now they call them podcasts. It's, it used to be called sports radio and syndicated radio. Now it's just called a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. You should have a podcast. Very easy. All you need is a wire and a microphone and a title. And you can have a podcast like I do. But I consider radio really my, my lifeblood. Radio is my lifeblood. I still listen to it. I love it. I love sports radio. I just feel like I never know who's listening. That's another thing, Jared. They have all these ways that they wink, wink, say you can listen. I just like thinking that more people are listening to my show than I know they are. I've always said that from when I started. There's more people who are listening to me than I give myself credit for. That could be my buddy Keith who just texts me from London. He's listening now from London on the app. He likes it. Or uh, my good friend Gavin Maloof. Part owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, longtime friend. He's texting me now. He's listening on the app. People listen on this app, and they listen our podcast, what I did yesterday and all that. I'm just proud to be on the radio, man. I just love being on the radio every day with our partners, our advertisers, our sponsors. That give me an opportunity to kind of get after it every day. And we're coming through what was the summer, summer radio, we're now we're getting to the end of it. I think we have off on Labor Day, which is Monday, and then it's go time. And then I get into the grid, and it's six days a week, Sunday all day, game day, Monday to Friday. And we just have insiders that we block off, and we have them on in different spots every week, and we rotate them. And we try to give you the best Raider content we could give you. Plus, I'm trying to give you the content that I see inside the building. The only guy still in town who interviews the head coach every week. I'll do that again this year with Josh McDaniels on Thursday on television. We'll play that in radio on Friday. Uh, I'll be anchoring the new Monday show for the Raiders, Press Conference Live with Eric Allen. That'll be on Fox 5. So I'll do that every Monday. And then uh, Raiders Roundtable. Every Tuesday, we're going to be able to do that with Q Myers and Lincoln Kennedy. And that's a pretty big podcast. And that's on YouTube or wherever you get your Raiders podcast. So that's what the year looks like. And then we're going to throw in Monday Night Football. 
a couple of times over at the Doghouse over at Resorts World. We're going to have several remotes from Modelo that we've already locked in in the Black Hole. We're going to work a partnership with them and then everything we do for Remy Martin as they have activations all over town. And a brand new tequila brand that I'll announce, I think, next week, which is one of the biggest partnerships I've ever done in my life in Vegas. Wow, that was a nice surprise. So I'll tell you about that coming up here. So that's where we're going. Today, interesting day today because getting ready to go to Dallas with the team on Friday. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea who's going to play coming up on Saturday, nor do I care. I care about the players who are trying to make the team. Vinny Bonsignor at Vegas Nation put together what he believes is his projected 53-man roster. We'll look at that today to see if there's a couple of nuggets there as we look for the final picks and who's going to make the team. Will it be an added defensive tackle? Will it be an added cornerback? My opinion is is that there could be one player or two that come from another team, and that could be a big curveball for Dave Ziegler. As we go from 90 players down to 53, you're hoping that you can protect some of your players and put them on the practice squad, but that isn't the case all the time. Dave's looking at other players on other teams. I had Larry Kruger on two weeks ago, uh, part of the Niners coverage, and he said the Niners have seven linebackers, seven, who are all better than the Raiders. I said, excuse me? Squeeze me? What? He says the, the Niners have seven linebackers, seven, who are all better than the Raiders. And he goes, Dave Ziegler's on the sideline looking at, looking at the sixth, seventh one because he'd start on the Raiders. I said, man, that's a good nugget of information. What do you mean? He said, well, look, Niners can't keep all the guys. So one of them is going to get picked off. Why not by the Raiders? Dave watched him for a couple of days in the joint practices. That put a light bulb over my head. Man, maybe we can grab a Niner linebacker who's better than Robert Spillane. Okay, I'll listen to that. What about the Cowboys? What about Philadelphia? You know, Philadelphia's got like eight starters on the defensive line at defensive tackle, half of them from Georgia who won a national championship. Where are you going to put all those guys? We got a lot of nose tackles on this team. I don't see one that pops. Jerry Tillery? Who? I mean, who's going to be there who's going to disrupt? Well, I think there's like five guys. Are any of them any good to make a Pro Bowl? We're looking for Pro Bowlers here. We're looking for starters who could be a pro bowler. That brings me to Nate Hobbs. What the hell is Nate Hobbs this year? He came in his rookie year. I thought he was great. Second year, eh, not as good as I thought, but he was injured. This year he gets hit with a softball in the face at the softball game between the Golden Knights and the Raiders, and he misses some time. Is this guy going to be a potential pro bowler? Pro bowler, or is he going to be a guy? As Raider Mort said forever, Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. So who's going to go from being a guy to a potential pro bowler? That's the topic of the show today because we only have one more preseason game. Who is the one player that you think on this team? And don't give me Max Crosby. I'm not looking for Devontae Adams. I'm looking for the player on this team that you think could pop this year and go to the pro bowl. I'll go first. First off, it's Colton Miller. Colt Miller, by if Colt Miller is in a Pro Bowler this year, I'll be disappointed. I really believe this year he must be a first or second team Pro Bowler. He's got to make the Pro Bowl at left tackle. So that would be the low-hanging fruit. Who else? I mean, Marcus Peters has been in Pro Bowls. I don't know if he can make another one. He's getting up there in age. I don't think Trayvon Merrick is a Pro Bowler. Now, Marcus Epps, Marcus Epps. 
could have a big year. That's maybe one I put over here in my notes. I don't have notes. I'm lying. I just that's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. So let's go Epps. Is he going to be a pro bowler this year? Maybe. I mean, he's a good player. All right, Spillane, probably not a pro bowler. It's linebacker. Linebacker, it's hard to be a pro bowler when you're a linebacker unless you're elite. Max, no doubt a pro bowler. Tyree Wilson, too young to be a pro bowler, kind of banged up, going to come out and play. Chandler Jones, the pro bowl is behind him. That would be a miracle, a miracle. And I don't see a defensive tackle on the team that can make the pro bowl. All right, let's go to offense. Who can make the Pro Bowl? Devontae's a lock. Josh Jacobs a lock. He made it last year. Jimmy G? Jimmy G a Pro Bowler? Uh, He could be if he has a great year, but not in the AFC. This Patrick Mahomes, this Josh Allen, and this Joe Burrow. There's no room for anybody there. All right, let's go to slot receiver. Jacoby Myers, Hunter? Yeah, Hunter's been there. I think Hunter, I don't think Hunter's going to have 100 receptions. You kind of got to have a lot of receptions there. I don't think Philip Dorsett or Trey Tucker's going to go to the Pro Bowl. And then we go to the interior line. Who's on the interior line? Is Dylan Parham going to be a Pro Bowler? I doubt it. Andre James going to the Pro Bowl? I doubt it, but he could have a great year. And then I don't know what they're doing at right guard just yet. And right tackle, they don't have a Pro Bowler. I'm hoping they get a former Pro Bowler from another team who's a former Pro Bowler who can play right tackle because Brandon Parker's out at swing tackle. Jakob at fullback? Sure. Marcel Reese made a career going to the uh, Pro Bowl at fullback because he was really good. He could, Marcel could do everything. Okay, could Jakob go? He could go, but I doubt it. And then that leads us to our other two locks. A.J. Cole, Pro Bowler at punter? Yes. Daniel Carlson, Pro Bowler at kicker? Yes. I think that's possibilities. So who is the player that I forgot to mention or that I mentioned that you think can go to the Pro Bowl or be in consideration for the Pro Bowl who hasn't been there before? That's what this is all about, everybody. This team's not going to win a Super Bowl unless they find more Pro Bowlers and they develop them. What I like about Dave Ziegler is I think that Dave is identifying talent that is going to be under the control of his contracts, young players under control for four or five years that they can develop into pro bowlers with proper coaching. That's really his calling card and what he wants to do. If he's able to do that, he could be the GM of the year. This year, next year, the year after that, if this team really turns the corner. But we're getting ready for me to call the final game on radio. Jason Horowitz will be on TV. Then he'll get back to radio. But who's the player now that we should keep an eye on going into this last game? I don't care about position battle. I don't want to talk about the last guy. I want to talk about the one player that you want to lace him up. You want the coach to come into the locker room and say, you know, you're going to play another preseason game. You're not a pro bowler. You're not invaluable. If you get injured, you're not going to destroy this team. You're important to our team, but you are not a great player, and you're going to start, and I need you to play one more time against the bleeping Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Who is that guy that if you were in the locker room with Josh McDaniels, you'd say, yo, no, 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 you over there. No, no, no. Lace up. You're playing. I haven't seen enough from you. Who is that guy? 702-365-9200. That's a topic. Because I need help with that. I got to talk about this on the game. 
on, on Saturday. We got to talk about that game that you called in on my show and said, man, that's a good, I'm going to say Eric Allen on the show during the week. They said, we want to see more out of that guy. Who is that guy that you want to see step up? For me, drum roll please, if we had one, it would be Divine Diablo. It would be Divine Diablo. Don't tell me we got to bubble wrap that guy. He's a good player. Very good player with some upside. I need to see him play. I need for him to drop back into a pass coverage, bat a ball down. I need to see him come off an edge. I need to see him light someone up like Spillane did last game in L.A. I need Divine Diablo to tell me that he's ready to go. Is that fair enough? Let's hear from you, 702-365-9200 here as we open up the show. All right, Rich Cannon, who I've spent a lot of time with the last couple of weeks, and I saw him a lot in L.A., and he had an opportunity to sit down with Jimmy Garoppolo at the team hotel, uh, part of the TV element of the broadcast in Los Angeles. But he took away a nugget from that sit-down, and this is going viral throughout the Raider Nation. I am cautiously optimistic about my Raiders in 2023, and here's why. I had a great sit-down conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo on Saturday afternoon. I just think there's a certain comfort level with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a history with Josh McDaniels from their time together. He is a different player than when he left New England. If he can stay healthy, it's going to have a special season. Devontae Adams is terrific. Michael Mayer, the young tight end, I think he's got a chance to be a special player. I think the key is, can they get Josh Jacobs back? If they can get him in here in the next week or so and get him up and running, I think the Raiders can be pretty special on offense. The, the biggest concern, obviously, with the Raiders is where are they going to be defensively? I think they've improved at all three levels of their defense. But here's the key for the Raiders defensively. Chandler Jones has to play better than he did a year ago. And Tyree Wilson, he looks like he's got a chance to be a pretty special player. If they can get some juice and productivity off the opposite edge from Max Crosby, I think the Raiders can get a whole lot better defensively. And a better Raider defense may mean twice as many wins as we saw a season ago. Twice as many wins. So everybody's saying 12 wins. 12 wins. I wouldn't take Cannon saying that, but he just did He did say twice as many wins. So you could say from 6 to 12, did he put his thumbprint on it? Did he pound it? No, but does is it fair to say double-digit wins? Yeah. He said twice as many. That would be 12. So Gannon's pretty optimistic, and Gannon, as you know, definitely has some juice within the organization. What's great about Rich Gannon is he'll speak his mind. Rich Gannon will tell you what he thinks. And at times, he has not been a big fan of what's going on in past regimes. I thought Rich Gannon should have been coaching by now in this organization at some level. Not just at some level, just to be in the building. Just to be in the building, but Rich is a broadcaster. He does very well. And he's going to stick in that down that road. He's going to stick down that road now. Great organizations, like the Vegas Golden Knights, who just won a Stanley Cup. The Golden Knights won a Stanley Cup because they built a team with star power. Mark Stone. Initially, it was Marc-Andre Fleury. They went in there in the expansion draft. When you looked at the players, William Carlson, who they were able to get. Jonathan Marceseau. Then they brought in Alex Petrangelo after he already won a cup. And then they brought in Jack Eichel. What the Golden Knights did was they had a base of players and a good farm system and a good culture, and then they sprinkled in veterans who could help them win a championship. They weren't guaranteed to win a championship, but with the veterans that they added, Barbashev, the players that they came in, they gave them a better chance to win. Well, the same thing with the Raiders. 
The Raiders have veterans on this team, such as Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. Max Crosby is now a veteran. They bring in Marcus Peters, who's a veteran. And they got enough veterans, man, to go win playoff games. They do. The question is the development of their younger players. How do you get the development of the younger players up to speed quickly? Well, part of me says you got to play them, right? You got to play them in the preseason. You got to play them in practice. You got to play them in games. They got to be available. Michael Mayer hasn't been available, the tight end, the entire preseason. Also, Tyree Wilson hasn't been available the entire preseason. Now they're starting to become available. Well, it's go time. They got to play against Denver. I don't care how long they play against Denver. They got to be available to play against Denver. Uh, Brandon Cristal will join us later from KOA in Denver. I think Denver's got some problems going on. Everything I've read on Denver, everything I'm hearing, is they don't think they're right yet. And they're not going to be right heading into the Raider game. They're not going to be peaking at the right time at all. The Denver Broncos should not be playing their best football week one. Period. And some teams do, some teams don't, but the Denver Broncos should not. That's why the Raiders can't lose that game. Because it's a brand new system, brand new coach. They don't look great. They got some injuries. It seems like they're stressing out a little bit in Denver, trying to make sure that they're putting the right system in and getting Russell Wilson up to speed. This is a game the Raiders have to win. Now, if this was week five or week six, I'd be more concerned. I'd be more concerned in week five or six because I think Sean Payton would have them up and running. Russell Wilson being a groove. Russell Wilson would have had already two 300-yard passing games. Then the Raiders run into him week five. And I look around and go, well, anything could happen in this game. It's a pick em. The Raiders have to go into mile high and win that game because they're playing better and they're more stable as an organization after beating Denver the last six out of seven and firing Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett. They're, they're more stable than Denver as the organization. The good news for Denver down the road is once they fix it with Sean Payton, they're going to be really good. They shouldn't be really good week one. I would hope. I, ho- I would hope. If I'm wrong and I'm sitting here and it's 45-21 and they're throwing the ball all over the ballpark, (laughs) I got a lot to pay for on that. I don't think they're going to be that good. Now, playing Kansas City, I'd rather play Kansas City week one. I'd rather get them rusty, period, every year week one. You lose the game, all right. You probably were going to lose it anyway. You beat them, you get them sleeping. Denver, we're not going to catch sleeping, but Denver, we could catch rusty. And then Buffalo has their home opener the second game. It's their home opener. I mean, they're going to be pretty jacked up there, man. I've been there to Buffalo Bills games. You want to talk about walking into a gauntlet like a prison movie? You know, in those prison movies when you walk out into the yard and you're looking up and you're like, oh, my God, where the hell are we? That's what it's going to look like in Buffalo. Josh is picking up third and six or third and three, and Josh is running, falling the pile, and the clock's just ticking, and Jimmy Garoppolo's there changing the plays, hitting Hunter on a four-yard out where Hunter turns it up for six yards, gain a 10, clock's moving. Hey, we can shorten that game, shorten it, Carlson field goal here or there, fourth quarter, up three, down three. Never know. Never know. And then the Sunday night opener. I'm breaking the season up into the first three games. That's it. Don't care about the Viking game. Don't care about the Packers, Giants, Jets, the hell with it. It's the first three games. Two and one. Two and one would be, for me, if the Raiders go two and one, they're going to go to the playoffs. If they start off one and two, I still think they could have a good year and turn it around. 
But it's a tough schedule, man. It doesn't get any easier. It does not get easier, and the Raiders need some momentum, and they need to play well. So the monologue, fueled by PT, is the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m., uh, 64 taverns here throughout the Valley. They also own the Strat. So with the concerts at the Strat, everything they have going with their new golf facility coming online and what we do with them, it's going to be fantastic. A couple of big remotes coming up, activations at separate PTs throughout the Valley. You know, I love the uh, SG Bar at the top of 215 in Flamingo. It's the uh, less than $3 Uber for JT on the way home if I have a couple of Modellos right there. All right, we'll start off with Dylan. He's going to start us off today on the flagship of the Raiders. Hello, Dylan. Uh, how are we doing, JT? I'm doing well, thanks. What's happening? So, the player that came to mind was Trayvon Mowry. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we haven't seen enough of him. We drafted him in the second round. He was a playmaker at TCU. And I just feel like we haven't seen enough of him. It's a playmaking ability, and I'd like to see him go out there and show like show why we drafted him. Yeah, you would you would agree. He's in his third year here. He's got Epps. He's got Epps next to him. He's a deep center fielder. He's a deep protect the backside. He, I think he can tackle pretty good in space. He's just got to be better. He's got to participate in some turnovers this year, or we can find some other guys who can play just as good as him who provide more turnovers. So I think Trayvon Merrick got the message from Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, go get your hand in the pile, turn over the football, and I think we're going to see that this year. Yeah, I agree. I I think his coverage has been terrible. I would just like to see him make more turnover where he plays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call. I just want him to turn it over. Chris in West Oakland calls all the time and says that about this defense since I've known him in Oakland. Catch the ball. Catch the ball when it's thrown to you on defense. Catch the football. Knock it down or intercept the ball. And we have the guy, Marcus Peters, who loves to do that. That's what he loves to do. He might get burned because he tries to do it too often or tries to jump her out. But Raider fans seen him play enough and know it. And maybe Epps can do that too. I think Epps is going to be, have a big year because he's going to be hanging around the ball in that area, that soft belly, undertone belly of the Raiders, that 15 to 20-yard area that I blank and moan about where no one ever is. I think that Epps is going to be climbing into that area and catch a couple of pop-ups. A couple of little pop-ups to short center. Ball's going to come out. It's going to get deflected. And I think Epps is going to be sitting there ready to catch the football and have a couple of this year. Uh, Gangster Raider, line two, start us off. Good to hear from you again. Hey, what's happening, JT? And I agree with you 100%. To me, Denver looks terrible. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that they wanted to get us first game. You know what I mean? They called us out. They wanted the Raiders, so we're going to give them the Raiders. That's why I think it's very important to get Josh to get Josh Jacobs back because they have no answer for Josh Jacobs, and I still don't see them having an answer for Josh Jacobs as long as we can get him back and acclimated, especially with the new quarterback. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's not make a big difference. People don't think it make a big difference getting the handoff from a quarterback, but it does. Different quarterbacks hand the ball off different ways, and you got to get used to getting it from them to tuck it in your basket because I used to be a running back, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and just that little, just, you know, getting the um, – getting the ball handed to you from different quarterbacks. It's a little different nuance with each quarterback. So I say if we can get Josh Jacobs back, we get acclimated, we're getting a handoff with Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell because it's different. It's going to be different mm-hmm. from getting a winning with a car. You know what I'm saying? Because Denver looks terrible. You know what I mean? And um, I, I've been watching – I watched that first game. I forgot who they played, but 
they look horrible. You know what I mean? And also, Kansas City did too because a lot of people uh, forget that they lost Eric Bieniemy as an offensive coordinator. A lot of people think they it's just all Andy Reid, but Eric Bieniemy has a lot to do with the success in Kansas City, and they haven't looked good. I've been watching them in preseason. I know um, mm-hmm. the starters played the first half. Yeah. They didn't look too good. I mean, and especially their first game. They went four and out their first offensive series because they tried to go for it on fourth down, and they went out. Well, I say that to say this. I think the division is going to come down between us and San Diego. Well, the L.A. Chargers, but they still, still San Diego to me. You know what I mean? Because they don't got no real fans out here in L.A. But, you know what I'm saying, especially if we can come out and punch them in the mouth and give them what they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. the Raiders, JT, so we're going to give them the Raiders yep. coming out the gate. You yep. know what I'm saying? Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the call. Denver's opened up the preseason with a loss at Arizona, 18-17, to and a loss at San Francisco, 21-20. to I don't care. Don't care about the score of a preseason game. Don't care. They're 0-2. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. The Raiders now have the longest winning streak in the preseason in the entire NFL at six. Because Baltimore lost last night going for 25. A couple of people tweeted what I said. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. Like, what that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I tweeted out what is Captain Obvious. The Raiders, the Raiders have the longest streak in the preseason. 6-0. and Longer than any other team now that Baltimore lost. And I got to deal with, you know, I got to deal with people saying, really? That doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter. It's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. I'm not saying the Raiders are going undefeated, but they do have the streak. That was a hell of a streak by John Harbaugh winning 24 in a row. <laughs> and they played that preseason game last night in Washington. The fourth quarter felt like the divisional round of the playoffs. Every second, every play, both teams were battling to win that game because the streak actually mattered. A Raider O is in San Diego. Thanks for listening to the show. Go ahead in San Diego. Hey, JT. You know, I'd really like to see Trayvon Merrick step up, you know, Count me as someone who still wants to see him make the jump and, and be the elite guy that we hoped for when we drafted him. Um, I think, you know, you see other talents brought in at the safety position. You see some young guys making plays. He's got to say to himself, hey, I, I really have to establish myself as one of the better safeties mm-hmm. in the league or, you know, I'm going to be out of here. Um, to a lesser degree, like to see Amik Roberts, you know, uh, mm-hmm. hold on to some balls. He's He's been jumping some routes, but, you know, tough competition in that room. And I think that he's, you know, not necessarily locked in just yet. Last thing for me or last position would be anyone, the defensive tackle and, and maybe any defensive end not named Chandler, Max Crosby, or Tyree. I think, you know, Max is obviously setting the standard, and you don't want to be on that line and say, hey, we're, we're not up to that standard. You want to say, hey, in the middle, I'm a playmaker. I'm going to be a star in this league. So that's where I'm looking to see us make a big jump in the last week and have some guys ready to – um, you know, be a surprise in week one to the NFL. Yeah, you know, we have a couple of people so far, thanks for the call, who said Trayvon Merrick has got to be that guy, and that's why I put him there in the monologue. No doubt about it, he's got to be one of those guys who pops this year. It's going to be very important that he's able to pop and come out of the gate swinging and does some great things. Hey, quick reminder, the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin invites you to Circa for Stadium Swim, first ever night swim, Brought to you by Quantro. Uh, join us Friday, August 25th, for DJ Duo, The Knox. Enjoy free samples of Quantro Margaritas, Silent Disco, and the first ever concert on the pool deck. Tickets are on sale now at CircaLasVegas.com. Remy Martin, team up for excellence, man. I love that Silent Disco. Jared, you ever do that? You put the headsets on and you're listening to your own music? 
but it's dead silent in the area if you're watching from outside. Everybody's dancing with the headsets to their silent disco. I did that at Coachella once. Woo! That was a memory. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Who's the player that needs to step up and play big to finish up the preseason? All right, here we go. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. Joe Buck on the call, ESPN. JT back with you. Hope you're having a glorious day. We're brought to you by the Black Hole. Since 1995, the Black Hole Fan Club has been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide. If you bleed silver and black, and want to connect with other diehard fans and visit theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fans. You'll get a Black Hole members only shirt, 20% off all merchandise and much more. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to member only events and tickets. Become an official member of the Black Hole today. Visit theblackhole.com. Jared, in for Bobby today as we continue on here. The player that you need to see step up in one more preseason game, or like they say, shut it down. You want to shut everybody down. Let's go. I'm getting another free road trip out of this to Dallas on Friday. I don't mind that. What a blessing I've had. I've called uh, two games. I get a third in Dallas. I'm into SoFi and Allegiant. Who's played in better stadiums other than the Raiders? Nobody in the preseason. Allegiant Stadium, SoFi Stadium, and the Palace in Dallas. And Dallas has got a good team, good roster. They're, They're twos and threes. Some of the players that they want to get in there. I don't think Dak needs to play. They they know where they're going with Dak. They got a big first game, too. They're playing the Giants. That's always a tough game. Giants and Dallas to start off the season. And the Raiders play an arch rival in Denver as we open up the show. The other uh, big elephant in the room is Josh Jacobs. I don't know anything on Josh Jacobs. I'm not texting Dave Ziegler. I'm not going to. What, what, what's he going to tell me? It's not on Dave Ziegler. It's on Josh Jacobs. Now, if I had Josh Jacobs' number, maybe I'd text the man, hey, hope to see you this week. I would assume that he needs to be in there today or tomorrow just to associate himself with his teammates, get on the plane, get in his locker room, say hi to everybody, and get on the plane and simulate a road trip and get going again. If he comes back after the game on Saturday and he's there on Sunday, Monday, not the end of the world. If he's not there by Monday or Tuesday next week, then he's not going to play. And we're not going to have him in Denver. How could we have him in Denver? He can't play the guy. If he shows up the week of the game, he's not in shape to the point of Raider shape and football shape. So I don't know what to tell you on that one. I'm not nervous about it. I always thought he'd come in right around today, tomorrow, Thursday the latest, be on the plane Friday. But if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. Nobody has the timeline from Vinny Bonsignor to Dave Ziegler. Everybody's waiting on Josh. And when Josh comes in, he's welcome to come, and he's going to play under this contract. And it's a tough time now to play under contracts because we're looking at what's going on with Jonathan Taylor and his scenario with the Indianapolis Colts. I would be pretty bummed out today if I was an Indianapolis Colts fan. They can't get a deal done with Jonathan Taylor, and Andrew Luck is still young and not playing football. And he would have been a Hall of Famer. He would play another 10 years. 10! Andrew Luck. You know how good he was? He was not good. He was great. 
He walks away from the franchise, and now Jonathan Taylor's only 24 years old, and it looks like they are at a crossroads. That would not be good to be a Colts fan in Indianapolis going, this is my team, I don't have Andrew Luck, and I don't have the best rusher of the last couple of years. That's an important deal. And who wants to trade from? we got to keep an eye on Miami. If Miami gets them, the Raiders play Miami this year. And Miami's really good, man. Miami's got a lot of weapons. Miami and the Jets are two teams that the Raiders are playing who are pretty similar. Miami's explosive, but I, I think we can beat Tua. Don't you agree that we can get to Tua? Aaron Rodgers, if we were playing the Jets in New York, New Jersey, I'd be more worried than having them come here. But I watched Hard Knocks last night. I, I was behind on that. I watched episode two. Their defense is really good. And there's no doubt they don't have a great offensive line. Max Crosby's going to be licking his chops to go up against Aaron Rodgers. And so was Chandler Jones and Tyree Wilson at that game. Because Aaron Rodgers is elite. He's not good. He's elite. But they have problems there. Very big problems there when it comes to the scenario that they're in. Because they don't have a great offensive line. And Aaron Rodgers let it be known. He let it be known on the last broadcast when they were having those dual practices in Carolina and he was getting rushed, and he was trying to move outside the pocket and forced to throw a couple of balls away. And he said, he said at one point, it'd be nice if we could pick that blitz up. It'd be nice if we can do that. That was his way of saying, we're not ready. And then Robert Sala, and this isn't pretend. Hard knocks is real. Robert Sala came into the meeting at night and said, our defense is great. What's going on with our offensive line? And that's because he wants to protect Aaron Rodgers on hard knocks. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a great play or a great day, they can blame it on the offensive line. So that's a huge story. There is one breaking NBA story on James Harden. James Harden was fined $100,000 for his comment calling Daryl Morey, his boss, the general manager, a liar. So $100,000 is a lot of money, even if you're a millionaire. You know what you can do with $100,000? You can take a family of 10 to Europe for a month and stay at great resorts and eat wherever you want. For a hundred grand, you can do a lot with a hundred grand, even when you're rich. And this is going to end ugly with him. His comments indicated that he would not perform the services called on for his contract, and he wanted to be traded for another team. The league launched an inquiry into the circumstances surrounding his comments, and they decided to whack him for a hundred grand. And now we're going to have to find out where they're going to move him. There is reports coming out of China that he might want to play in China. That would be great. I would actually take time off. I think Q would give me a week off. I'd take him to China. I would actually get on the plane and drop him off in China and come back if that was the case here. I would love to see James Harden leave the United States of America and go play basketball in China because of his Adidas connection and what's happening there. He called his boss a liar. Harden replied, K-H-O-U, to a television report in Houston. He's serious about this. Quote, I've been patient all summer for me. It's just focus on what I can control and getting ready for the season. The biggest change in my career as a fan, not as a sports talk host, as a fan, is player entitlement. I'm one of the few sports talk hosts that side with owners. Let me say that again. Don't have to pull over. I side with the owners because the owners own the team. The players have a luxury to play athletics. They don't have to. They don't have to. The owners own the team. And if they don't want to sell the teams, they're going to continue to own. And the owners have the ability to give, and now they have to give almost half their revenue, half of their revenue, 
to the players from the television contract. The owners don't keep 90% of the revenues, 70% of the re- uh, revenue, 62% of the revenue. No, the owners keep like 51 or 52% in some sports or a little over 50% because of collectively bargaining with the athletes who do all the work and play the game. Athletes come and go. Ownership stay for 100 years. Okay, the Chicago, the Detroit ownership, around 100 years. You know how many players have come and gone? You don't even know. So when a player starts to yell at their owner, i.e. their boss, the boss can get rid of them. Look what Jim Irsay is doing with Jonathan Taylor. He thinks he's getting a little mouthy, getting a little chippy. Goodbye. I'll trade your ass, and I'll get another guy to play your position. So not all the time am I pro-owner. When an owner's crazy and nuts and he treats someone badly and he's like Daniel Snyder. I'm not pro-Daniel Snyder. So I don't want to have that misconstrued. But I believe in life you have a choice. You can be an independent contractor. You can work for yourself as an entrepreneur. Or you can work for ownership and a boss. I work for multiple bosses. I treat them all like my bosses. Some of them are my friends. And I know where the line is. And I don't treat the friendship like that in the work environment. James Harden's yelling at his boss, calling him a liar. So what I would hope that the Sixers would do would freeze him out, freeze him out, and basically say, You're gonna, we're not going to trade you. We're going we're gonna to keep you here, and we're going to make life miserable for you because you're a pain in the ass. You're a pain in the ass to this organization and fan base, and we are not going to do what you want us to do. That's the big issue now with player entitlement. There are a handful of players, including Aaron Rodgers, who I mentioned, who are entitled to play wherever they want, leave whenever they want, because they're so powerful they can. James Harden is kind of one of those guys, too. Today's Max Crosby's birthday. Happy birthday to Max Crosby. Does he seem like a guy who's entitled as a player? Every time I'm around him, to everybody he sees, yes, sir, thank you, yes, ma'am, appreciate you. He's not entitled to say, hey, I don't like this or that. I'm not going to do this or that. I like being around people like that. I like people who respect their bosses. Now, we live in a culture and a time now where not a lot of people respect authority. Authority is a real big problem now with this generation. It is. It's a problem. Even if you have worked for someone big, you have a problem with authority. You feel entitled that you should have a bigger voice than you should have as an employee or someone who works for someone else. That doesn't work in the real world. At a real job as an accountant, as a cop, as a lawyer, as a dentist, as wherever you work, you work at a bar, you're a server. You don't have the ability to say no to your boss. Call your boss a liar. You'll get fired. But in pro sports, there are guys who can do whatever they want. Whatever they want, whenever they want, because they feel entitled. I am not for that type of player entitlement. I'm for players trying to make more money, and rise the tide so other people can have great benefits and better benefits and better opportunities in life. I've always been that guy. But when push comes to shove, if you don't want to play for that boss or that owner, quit and do something else. Let's see what you can do. Let's see what you can do in the outside world. When you're 26 years old and you're not happy with your contract and you decide you want to do something else. Let's see. Let's watch what you can do. I'm sure there's talented things that other people can do, but nothing like being a professional athlete in the prime of your career, making millions of dollars, or in the case of NBA players, hundreds of millions of dollars, 
and thinking they can do whatever they want whenever they want to do it. When did this all change? When the great Kurt Flood looked for free agency, he just wanted to be entitled to play somewhere else and not play his entire career under a contract that was unjust. So from Kurt Flood, we've gone to James Harden in China yelling at his boss. And we're supposed to say that's a good thing, not on this show. 702-365-9200. Gilbert Manzano from Sports Illustrated is going to join us. And Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver. Snap O'Connell looking left, looking left, now to his right. He's got room to run. And he's going to tuck it and run, and he's got room. O'Connell running for the first down, and he'll get it. Aiden O'Connell on that play, showing his legs, good timing. He surveyed the entire field. The seven yards did what he had to do on that play. I thought that was overall a really solid play for him. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. It was an Aiden O'Connell run. Put that in the hall of very, very good. How about that? People wondering if he could run. J- JT back with you. we got a couple good guests next hour. Uh, if you'd like to chime in, love to hear from you throughout the Raider Nation on who needs to play one more. One more series, one more snap, one more quarter, one more half. It seems to be Trayvon Merrick seems to be the, the leader of the pack right now. But if you haven't been able to chime in, if you have someone else, I think Robert Spillane, you can throw that out there too. you got to look at a player that needs to play for obvious reasons. They're young. They're in the system. they got to get better. And then also they're not players that are vastly the end of the world important to the team like Max Crosby, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, they're players that if they get hurt, you'd be bummed out that they got hurt, but you can get hurt at practice anytime. So you're not sitting there walking around on eggshells that you can't let that player in. Trayvon Merrick seems to be that player. For me, it's Divine Diablo. If you got a better choice than that, 702-365-9200. So I was looking at the matchup for the Cowboys and the Raiders coming into this game. You know, the last time the Raiders played this team was an epic game. There was the Thanksgiving game where the Raiders came through and won. Uh, Derek Carr had a big game. I remember that game very closely because my son went. My son was at Oklahoma, and my son went to that game with his buddies, and he wore a Raider jersey. I was very proud of him. He went in there. Kind of like his dad. He went into the belly of the beast, and he wore a jersey, and he was in there. I said, hey, man, there's a lot of those fans. They got a lot of them. I know there's Raider fans in Dallas, but that was Thanksgiving, and they won. November 25th, 2021, overtime, Raiders 36, Cowboys 33. That was a phenomenal football game. Five for five for Carlson in that game, which was the difference in that game, and the Raiders were explosive. But looking out at the individuals who shined in that game, now clearly Derek Carr is gone. Derek Carr is gone from that game. But so is Zeke Elliott. And Zeke Elliott had a pretty good year. And Zeke Elliott's a good player. And they got rid of him and held on to Tony Pollard. So last year's individual leaders, the Raiders had Carr. He threw for 3,500 yards. That's not bad. 35-22, and Derek left a lot. He left a lot on the field last year. A lot of mistakes Derek made in the red zone. Dak was injured. How many yards do you think Dak threw for yet last year? 2,800 yards. Didn't even throw for 3,000 yards. Uh, the leading rusher on the team last year for the Dallas Cowboys is no longer there. Carries Zeke Elliott, 231. Josh Jacobs had 340. Tony Pollard led the team in rushing with 1,007 yards. He's back. Josh Jacobs, 1,653 yards. And we're talking well over 650 yards more than the leading rusher for the Cowboys. 
Uh, Zeke Elliott led the team with 12 rushing touchdowns. He's gone. Josh Jacobs also had 12. Devontae had 100 receptions last year. The leading receiver, I didn't know this, for the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb had 107. 107 receptions for CeeDee Lamb, more than Devontae. Receiving yards, Devontae had 1,516. CeeDee Lamb had 1,359. I did not know that CeeDee Lamb had that good of a year. 107 receptions for over 1,300 yards. He had nine touchdowns. Devontae had 14. You know who led the Raiders in tackles? Max Crosby. That's not good. Happy birthday to Max for doing that. Max Crosby had 88. Uh, Donovan Wilson, 99 for the Cowboys. Max had 12 and a half sacks. Micah Parson had 13 and a half. That's going to be a fun little competition for the rest of their careers. Who's going to be... Who's going to lead the league more in sacks? Would it be Max Crosby or Micah Parsons? Very good player. Uh, for the Raiders, Deron Harmon led the team with two interceptions. Cowboys had a lot of ball hawks. Deron Bland had five. Trayvon Diggs had three. So they were very good in those categories there. So this is a pretty good matchup. And this is why I'm saying this here. I wanted to end this hour with this. The Dallas Cowboys won 12 games last year. The Raiders won six. Raiders had better stats. Okay, let that sit in when everybody says Raiders, who are the Raiders? The Raiders had better stats in a lot of categories in Dallas, and Dallas was a team that went out there last year and had a really good season, a very good season, and we look at the Raiders with six wins and everybody thinks it's the haves and have-nots. I just read you the stats. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense. The only thing they had an example with a little bit better was Parsons. The Raiders can hang with anybody statistically with their stars. The problem is there's a drop-off with the Raiders from their stars to their players who become average or below average. And I think Dave Ziegler has worked on that to get more above-average players in here. Vinny, we're going to get to Vinny's column. Let me grab that. Uh, Vinny's column next hour on this team and the projected 53-man roster. Vinny says it's the best roster he's seen since he's come to the Raiders covering it, and I agree with him. This is the best roster I've seen in a decade from 1 to 90. I'm not saying 53. I go back to that 2016-2017 roster for the Raiders that I think is better than this one. But they're close. They're close. But 1 to 90, the Raiders have more depth than I've seen in a long time at training camp and into the preseason. They do. And it's going to be tough to get down to these cuts. Not impossible. But tough to get from 90 to 53. One hour down, one more to go. We're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, two of the best attorneys in town. Their dad was a legend. They have an unbelievable staff. If you get into an accident, they will help. They're our proud partner. 702-222-9999.